welcome and thank you for joining this week's podcast with the Archbishop Nicholas Duncan Williams. This week's message, the Archbishop encourages us to win the battle over our minds through the power of hope in God. Discover deeper truths of the rules of engagement in prayer by purchasing a copy of the Archbishop's book, Prayer Moves God. Buy yours today at ndwministries.org. Know today that this is God's inspired word for you. Be empowered as you listen. The Bible makes it clear that we need a steadfast expectation. Hope speaks to the future. Please write, hope speaks to your future or relates to your future. Faith speaks to the now, to the now, your present circumstances. Faith speaks to the now. Then please write, faith is of the heart. Faith is of the heart. But hope is of the mind. Faith dwells in our heart. But hope dwells in our mind. Faith protects the heart. But hope protects the mind. It is faith that protects your heart. And it is hope that protects our mind. And we need hope so that we don't slip into depression, into a state of anxiety, confusion, fears, worry, doubt. Is hope that shields my mind and your mind for the uncertain from the uncertainties of life and all these dangerous thoughts and projections that comes into our mind and creates a feeling of uncertainty, feeling like there is no way out. There is always a way out. There is always a way out. Jeremiah 29, 11. Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord. Uh-huh. Thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you an expected end. So this is God speaking. And faith is the substance of things we hope for. And the reason why faith is a substance is because faith is derived from God's word. Now faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Hope. The substance of hope is what God has promised you and I. And Jeremiah said, I know the thoughts I have of you, for they are thoughts of good, for I have no evil intention towards you but good, and to give you an expected end. And at this time, when this promise was made or given to the children of Israel, they were then in the 70 years Babylonian captivity. They were in captivity. They've been there for years. And they were grumbling, they were crying and complaining about the uncertainty of life and of their future and what shall become of them and their children. And the word of the Lord came unto them wise in captivity that I know the thoughts I have of you irrespective of your present conditions or circumstances. For they are thoughts of good and not of evil 
to give you an expected end. And hope must be based on the promise of God. Hope must be based on the promise of God. It, it's, it must be a consistent expectation that something good is going to happen. And that something good is coming from God. It's orchestrated by God. That God has good plans and intentions for you and I, for our families and our loved ones and our nation, irrespective of the crisis, the challenges, the wickedness. And all that we may be dealing with and all that confronts us, you have to maintain the hope that something good, something good, it's coming from God. Something good is going to happen to you. Oh, I didn't hear you. I said something good is about to happen to somebody. And that something good is coming from God. And that is what hope is all about. Because if you lose hope, and you are not expecting anything good to come, you are open to everything. And anything can get at you. But when you have this constant expectation, which is hope that God is going to do something new, wonderful, beautiful, that something good, I'm expecting something good from God because he's a good God. You got to keep your hope alive. You can't quit. Amen. First Peter 1.13 Wherefore, get up the loins of your mind. Get up the loins of your mind. So it is hope that protects the loins of our mind. When we give up on hope and we lose hope, anything invade, demons, legions of demons can invade our mind and capture and hijack our mind and our thinking. And get us into a state of confusion and desperation. And a lot of the mental challenges and issues across the world today is a reason of hopelessness, perplexity, hopelessness. And people don't have any expectation of any good thing. They give up on life. Please don't give up on life. Don't give up on yourself. Don't give up on your dreams. Don't give up on your vision. Don't give up on your kids. Don't give up on your family. Don't give up on your nation. Don't give up on your loved ones. For we are not of the unsafe, but we are believers. And we have a sure foundation that God cannot lie. And that whatever he has promised, he will bring it to pass. And that is just a matter of time. Our hope must be based on the promises that God has made that he cannot lie. Faith is derived from the word of God, but our hope comes from the promises of God that though today may be difficult, tomorrow will be better. Weeping endures for a night, but the Bible said that joy comes in the morning. Are you hearing me, somebody? 
I don't know how long your night has been, but it doesn't matter how long the night, the night stays. The morning always comes, and you might be in your season of the night, but I prophesy that your morning is coming, and your morning will be better than your night. And if you believe it, you can put your hands together and shout yes. Give somebody a high five and say, keep hope alive. Yeah, keep it alive. Keep it alive. I talk to so many people everywhere. And you can tell when people have no hope. Don't allow your present circumstances to determine the outcome of your future. Don't allow what you're passing through and going through today to detect the terms of your future. Don't allow what's going on in your family. I was checking on some things the other day and if you see the level of demonic onslaught on families all across the nations of the world, poor and rich, small and great all over how the enemy is determined to attack families it breaks my heart and as never before i was telling bishop that at our wednesday services we must never relent in lifting prayer and intercession for families because there is all kind of demonic onslaught on families and it's crazy it's mind-blowing how the enemy is determined to attack families it doesn't matter who you stand, where you stand, who you are, whether you are anointed or not. He, he's not the respecter of any persons. He will come against everybody. And he wants to attack your family, my family, cause us grief and pain, break our heart, and cause us to lose hope. But in the name of Jesus, we will hold fast to our hope. Go ahead, Bishop. Wherefore, get up the loins of your mind. Mm -hmm. Be sober. Be sober. Hope makes you sober. Go ahead. And hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought. Hold fast to your hope, even unto the end. Tell somebody, hold fast to hope. Hold fast. Hold fast. Tell somebody, hold fast. Hold fast. To your hope. Your expectation that God is about to do something new and something good is coming from God. You have to hope. You have to have the expectation that something good is in the pipeline. Tell two people, something good is in the pipeline. Something good. Yeah, it's in the pipeline. Because if you give up on believing and hoping that something good, irrespective or your present circumstances will happen you will move into the state of hopelessness perplexity desperation and it's not a good place to be amen hebrews chapter 3 verse 6 but christ as a son over his own house mm -hmm. whose house are we mm -hmm. if we hold fast the confidence and the rejoicing of the hope firm unto the end firm unto the end holding firm your hope to the end because if you don't hold it to the end then you have no expectation 
you are lost. But I refuse to be lost. I'm holding firm to my expectation of him, even to the end. Not giving up on your hope. Keep hope alive. Tell somebody again, keep hope alive. First Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 8. But let us who are of the day be sober, mm -hmm. putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and for an helmet, the hope of salvation. Again. But let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and for an helmet, the hope of salvation. Helmet. Ephesians 6 talks about the weapons of our warfare. He talks about our defensive armor and our offensive armor. One of the defensive armor is the helmet And the helmet is designed to protect your head or your mind The battle is in your mind And the enemy will throw everything at your mind That he will control and hijack your mind and the way you think and perceive and if he can control the way you think and perceive, he has an advantage over your future. So the Bible said that hope is the helmet that protects the mind against doubt, fear, unbelief, hopelessness, depression. A lot of people are depressed in life today and have to live on all kinds of medication because of hopelessness. But we can overcome doubt. We can overcome depression and stress as we keep hope alive that protects our mind that irrespective of what is happening to me today, it is not the end of the world. Amen. Irrespective of what's going on with my business, my finances, my family, my loved ones, this is not the end of the story. This is not the end of my life. For tomorrow will be better than today. You must keep hope alive. If you believe it, put your hands together, somebody. Haggai 2, 9. The glory of this latter house shall be greater than of the former, saith the Lord of hosts. And in this place will I give peace, saith the Lord of hosts. This very place that is troubled, this very place that it looks like the glory of the past was greater. And most times people talk about, you weren't here in the beginning. You should have been here in the beginning. And sometimes when I preach and people see some great moves of God and waves of glory, then they'll say, oh, Papa has gone back to his past. Papa has gone back to his past. This was the way it used to be. I don't want to go back to my past. I want to go into the future. Because the future is better than the past. Are you hearing me, somebody? And God said, irrespective of the glory of the past that you experience in this place, and irrespective of the present trouble, turmoil, and circumstances, 
He said, the future is more glorious and better than today. And he said, in this very place, that it looks very troubling and worrying, this very country and nation that looks very worrying and troubling, God said, at this same place, I will give you peace. Oh, come on, somebody, put your hands together if you believe it, if you believe it. And somebody scream, Lord, I believe. Yeah. Job chapter 8 and verse 7. Though thy beginning was small, yet thy latter end shall greatly increase. You have to believe it. Though your beginning was small, insignificant, yet your latter end will be very significant. Great. You got to believe it. Because if you don't believe that your future will be better than your today, then you have no reason for living. And that's why people commit suicide. They take overdose. They hang themselves. That billionaire that found himself in prison and took his life. He was in a state of hopelessness. He realized that money has limitations. Yeah. I, I learned that long time ago that money and fame, power, influence, and connection has expiry date. That it's just a matter of time. When money means nothing anymore, when power means nothing, when access, investments, houses, and lands means nothing. This guy was a billionaire, ladies and gentlemen. I'm told that he owned two islands, private jets, yachts, you name it, a billionaire connected to president, to kings, princes and princesses. And he found himself in prison where he realized that his connections could not help him, that his money could not help him, influence couldn't help him, investments could not help him, everything had come to an end and in that state he realized that everything he had depended and leaned upon and everything he derived his confidence and audacity to misbehave in life had all been exhausted and at that point he looked at himself and his circumstances and he couldn't see his way out of life and felt that the only way out of here in the face of shame and reproach and disgrace was for him to end it all. A time comes when money means nothing anymore. I was talking to a very wealthy friend of mine the other day and I said, I have come to the conclusion that number one, and I tell my kids, I said, goodwill is better than money. Yeah, I'm telling you. I have seen people do things with money and have accomplished a lot in life without money, but by goodwill. Somebody went somewhere the other day and he was looking for a favor and tried everything and it wouldn't work. And the guy said to him, where are you from? And he said, from Ghana. And he said, do you know Archbishop Duncan Williams? 
And he said, yes, he's my father. And he said, he's what? Your father? You know Archbishop Duncan Williams? I've been trying to reach him. I want to talk to him. And he said, I can call him. I have his number. So he called me. And I picked the phone. He said, Papa, somebody wants to talk to you. And I heard the person at back, are you sure it's the Archbishop? He said, yes. So I, he came on the phone and said, Papa. I said, yes, what can I do for you and who are you, sir? And he told me he was a very powerful, very powerful person. He said, I've been watching you on social media. I don't go to sleep without your messages. I love your message, Papa. Papa, do you know this guy? I said, yes, he's my son. He said, okay, no problem. Count it down. And it was done. It wasn't money. It was goodwill. Somebody say goodwill. Come on, talk to me. Say goodwill, goodwill. Can you put your hands and thank God for goodwill? Thank God for goodwill. Goodwill. Goodwill will take you places money can't take you. I'm telling you. Goodwill will take you places influence cannot take you. I know what I'm telling you. I've seen people use money to move things. And I move things without money. Goodwill. Goodwill. But to have goodwill, it will cost you something. You must be willing to give up your ego and your pride. You must be willing to be stripped of ego and pride and bad attitude. You must be willing to believe in people, to hope in people. I'm telling you, goodwill. And I said to, I said to this young rich man, I said, friend, and I have also concluded that in this life, it's always better to be kind than to be right. The problem of a lot of issues in this life is because people have chosen to be right. How dare you talk to me that way? Who do you think you are? People isolate themselves because they are right about an issue. They disconnect from people they must never disconnect from because they are right. Because they have some kind of a buffer. They have a defense, which is money or their job, some kind of security, life insurance, some investments, and they are very sure about it. So their, their whole life is based on that. And when something goes wrong, their whole life collapses. I have met few people who have come to talk to me who would have never under any circumstances come to talk to me for their own reasons and I respect their opinions and said told me things that blew my mind and I realized that their whole confidence in life was derived from some investments they made that they were very sure of. An investment here and there and some monies they have invested somewhere. And I said, if that is the basis of your confidence and if that is why you can relate to your neighbor the way you relate to them and treat people the way you treat people, you have really missed it on the essence of life and living.
You treat people as human beings, not based on what you have or what they have. And if you don't have that revelation, it's just a matter of time. Don't forget the billionaire that hanged himself in prison. He took his life in prison. Yeah, it was a state of hopelessness. He had no hope of the future. He looked around him and began to meditate on his connections, his access, and how things have worked for him in the past based on his influence, his money, his success. And he realized this time around that money has expired. Connection and influence has expired. <laughs> he didn't know how to deal with shame. He didn't know how to despise the shame and how to deal with the feeling of hopelessness and perplexity and stress. He didn't have the name of the Lord that is a strong tower to run into for refuge. The Bible says some trust in horses and some trust in chariots, but we shall remember the name of the Lord our God. Please put your hands together and shout and give him praise. Come with me, please, to Romans chapter 5, verse 5. And hope maketh not ashamed. Hope! You see, a lot of people don't know what it takes to overcome shame. But it is hope that gives you the audacity or ability to despise the shame. The Bible said, for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame. If you don't have hope, if you give up on your steadfast expectation that there is something good in your future, you are dead. You are a walking and a living dead. You are dead. I'm telling Jesus, he could only endure what he endured. He could only despise the shame, the embarrassment, the misrepresentation. Yeah. Talk about misrepresentation. Oh, I know it. I say one thing and they mean a thousand things. I quote one thing and they misquote everything. Yeah. So if you are not careful, you now have to write your sermons and write your prayers. Yeah. So when you are about to pray, our Father, who art in heaven, you write everything and you proofread everything. I'm not going to be subjected to the letter. I refuse to be predictable. Are you hearing me? Jesus could endure. What was the cross? Shame. Shame. Reproach. Pain. A feeling of hopelessness and perplexity. Rejection. But he had hope. Consistent expectation that I have a future. For the sake of the joy set before him, he knew that irrespective of the present circumstances, there is joy 
in my future like a woman pregnant she goes through all kinds of difficult times to the pregnancy but never quits never gives up never lets go why because she knows that one of these days one of these days it's going to come to an end and there's going to be a joy that is going to be a celebration she looks forward to the baby and as soon as she delivers and they take the baby she'll say bring my baby bring my baby bring my, let me hold him let me hold her let me look at her and suddenly she forgets all her sorrows and her pain and everything goes away why because she's giving birth to what life don't quit and give up on your dreams irrespective of how tough and difficult it is it's going to happen it's going to come to pass and one of these days you will say when men are cast down that there is a lifting up come on put your hands together somebody and give god praise hope make it not ashamed romans 5 5 because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts <laughs> by, by the Holy Ghost which, which is given unto us. The love of God is shed abroad in your heart. Faith is of the mind. And he said, faith maketh not ashamed. I am not ashamed. I am very confident of the future. And there are so many things I see I don't like. There are things that comes at me and comes against my family that if I give up on hope I would doubt God and doubt my salvation but I've learned I've learned I've learned to lean on the everlasting arms and say God I know that my present circumstances does not determine my future my present circumstances does not change your original intent for my life and my family and this house I believe God as I keep hope alive that my future will be better than today hallelujah Lead
gentleman behind the thing. Do you know what you are doing? You better know what you are doing. And find me knee right now. These are all provocations. I don't like it. But I keep my hope alive. It's a very, very big thing with the sound thing. Please be seated. It's a very big thing. It doesn't matter what, matter what you buy. They say buy this, buy, buy. You keep buying and they never get it right. And you have all kinds of shaky lilies. Yeah, when I say that, then you know that I've had it. Messing with my sound. Jesus is Lord. Somebody say Jesus is Lord. Amen. Come with me to Hebrews chapter 6. Hebrews chapter 6 verse 11. Quickly. Hebrews 6 verse 11. And we desire mm -hmm. that every one of you do show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope mm -hmm. unto the end. To the full assurance of hope to the end. Hope must be kept. Maintained to the end. Somebody say to the end. To the end. Say keep your hope. Tell somebody keep your hope. Alive to the end. To the full assurance of hope to the end. If you lose it, you are finished. I'm just telling you. I've seen people who lose hope. They give up on hope. And I have been in situations in my own life, in the life of my family, and in the life of this church and our churches in the world that I have to keep hoping. I've seen situations that if I didn't keep hope alive, I would have been depressed. I would have lost my mind. I would have doubted the promises of God. I would have questioned the scriptures and I would have questioned the integrity of Almighty God. But I have learned to hold my peace and to keep my hope alive irrespective to say, Lord, 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 I believe and I am confident that my tomorrow will be better than my today. I still keep hope alive that Ghana, that Ghana, my motherland, one of these days will turn in the right direction. I still believe that my Africa, my Africa shall soon rise up and lift up her hands and yada. Ethiopia, Ethiopia shall lift up her hands and yada, and envoys shall come out of his loins. I believe that Africa one day will rise and shine. In my lifetime, I refuse to give up on my Ghana and on my Africa. Because giving up on Ghana and on Africa means we have to leave this continent. And this country to other countries and become strangers in other lands. And it doesn't matter how comfortable and how well and secure we live in other lands and in other nations. Ladies and gentlemen, we were born here. And we were born to make a difference. And we have given up on our rights to make a difference and allow 
others and evil people the Bible says it is said and believed that all that it takes for evil to triumph is for good people to do nothing and to do nothing is to give up on this country give up on hope relinquish all your rights and relocate to another land and by the time you come back the beast of the forest and the jungles would have taken over Hebrews 6 18 and 19 Hebrews 6 18 and 19 that by two immutable things mm -hmm. in which it was impossible for God to lie it's impossible for God to lie irrespective of what you are dealing with and going through ladies and gentlemen it doesn't matter what it is the enemy has a way of getting us as so strong to get you to doubt to disbelieve God and to come to a place where you begin to question the integrity of Adonai you begin to doubt God and said if you be God and, and that is why Job's wife said, listen, my honey, you, all you have to do is to curse God and die and let me be free. And Job said, you talk like one of those silly women. I know that my Redeemer liveth. Ah, it don't look good right about now. But I know that my Redeemer liveth. And in the last day, he will stand up for me. Tell somebody, keep hope alive. 18 and 19. That by two immutable things, in which it was impossible for God to lie, we might have a strong consolation, who have fled for refuge, to lay hold onto the hope set before us. The hope set before us. Expectation. Which hope we have, as an anchor of the soul. The, your hope is what anchors your soul, your mind, your will, your emotions. Is the sh is hope that anchors your emotions, your mind, your soul. Without hope, your emotions will be all over the place. Your mind will be all over your place your will is taken captive by the enemy and you make dumb bad wrong decisions based on the way you feel I don't make decisions based on my feelings no I don't dealing with a situation right now with a guy a drug rehab and, and everybody say let him go give up on him let him go and I say okay I hear you all I hear you all give me time let me think through it you don't have time and I say I do and then he threatened himself I'm going to take my life I'm going to kill myself and I say he ain't going to die a man that wants to die and kill himself is not going to tell you I'm going to die I said it's, it's intimidation. How do you know this? I know it. I know it. Because I've been there. I've dealt with this kind. He's going to kill people. I say he ain't killing anybody. 
He doesn't have it in him to kill a mosquito. Hope is the anchor of the soul, the emotion, the mind against depression. The reason for all these depressions, people can't sleep, insomnia, chaos by every wind of doctrines, by the wave of the sea. Somebody came to me the other day and I could tell he had heard something and he was coming to encourage me. And when I looked at him, he himself needed encouragement. He said, Papa, how are you? I said, I'm wonderful. As soon as I said, I'm wonderful, he freezed. He froze. He didn't know what to say. And I said in my mind, look at him. He's coming to encourage me. Meanwhile, he needs encouragement more than me. <laughs> you see, when you don't have hope, eh? when you don't have hope, there's a parable in tree that when you have a problem, then foolish people become wise people. Yeah. Everybody advises you because you're in trouble. And somebody said that when you see when you see a young boy or a girl advising an old man or an old lady, it's because the old man or old lady is sick or broke. When you lack hope, you are the mercy of the elements. Go ahead, Bishop. Both both sure and steadfast. Both sure and steadfast. And which entereth into that within the veil. Hallelujah. The, in the Old Testament, they had four horns on the altar. And no matter the crime or sin you've committed, if you can run to the altar and hold any of those horns, they have to leave you. They can't touch you. They can only touch you when you leave the altar and the horn. But as long as you are holding to that horn, nobody can touch you. That is what hope is all about. When you hold on to hope, no matter the storms and what comes and goes, you are safe and secure. Put your hands together. Thank God for hope. Lamentation chapter 5 verse 1 and 2 Lamentation chapter 5 verse 1 and 2 Remember O Lord what has come upon us Consider and behold our reproach Our inheritance is turned to strangers Our houses to aliens You know you can't blame foreigners You, can't, you cannot blame strangers You can't blame them The problem is us Yeah you can talk about strangers as much as you want to. But the problem is not them. It's us. The problem of the African or the black man is himself. It's us. Yeah, it's a good place to clap your hands, somebody. Hear me. The Bible said, when they went to the land, Numbers 33, 13, they said, we were in our own eyes as grasshoppers. So were we in their eyes. 13. Chapter 13, verse 33. Sorry, chapter 13, verse 33. We were 
in our eyes as grasshoppers. And so were we. So you can blame everybody. You can blame everybody. You can blame the government. But the government is made out of the people. So the problem is the people. Because it's the people that forms the government. Charity begins at home. It's who we are that we take to the office. The same culture, the same attitude, irrespective of the party you belong to. As a Ghanaian, it is who we are. The spirit of the Ghanaian and the culture of the Ghanaian is where the problem is. You can't put blame at the doorstep of government or foreigners. We must take responsibility and be very deliberate about being aware of our sickness and our epidemic as a people and a nation and a continent. It's an epidemic. Until we begin to love one another, until we begin to believe in one another, until we begin to celebrate one another, until we begin to accept the successes of one another, there is no hope for us. Talking to somebody else, and I said, when I was growing up, there were people like Makofi. I remember Makofi. Appinting Mensa, Pambros. B.A. Mensa, my uncle. We were next door neighbors for years, for decades. This is my father's house, and this is B.A. Mensa's house. And they walked to each other's house, and we grew up together at Airport Residential Area. Pambros in those days. What has become of B.A. Mensa? And you can name them. Poku Transport, so many names. What has happened to the legacies? What happened to the legacy of all these men when they pass? It is the spirit of Ghana and the culture of the Ghanaian that we don't celebrate our own. We don't have points of reference in this country. I was in Nigeria the other time and they sent a private jet to pick me for a meeting. And when I was leaving, where they parked the private jet, I could count over 25 private jets. 12-seater, 10-seater, 15-seater, 18-seater, 20-seater, different kind, and it didn't mean anything to anybody. It's common. Why? Because it's a society that celebrates the successes of one another. Go to Kotoka. Find out the private jets you see there, who owns them. If a Ghanaian tries to own a private jet runner, do you know who will crucify him? Not the IMF or the World Bank. It is us. We will deliver like the scripture I showed you where Samson's people went to him and said, Samson, you are our brother. We have come, 3,000 of us. We are going to bind you and deliver you into the hands of your enemies. Yeah. It is the Ghanaian that will deliver the Ghanaian for destruction. I was in Amsterdam some years ago and the lady that was cleaning the room came to me and said, I hear you are a Ghanaian, a big man from Ghana. And I said, by the grace of God. And you know what she said? She said, please, pray for your Ghanaians. 
He's a Nigerian lady. And I said, what should I pray about? He said, two Ghanaians were fighting here. Two. And one of them went and reported to the authorities that all the Ghanaians and the Africans here don't have papers. So the authorities ambushed them. They left home to go to work. They never went back home. They arrested from Ghanaians to every other African who went there without papers and they were all deported. True story, Bishop Oboda, I will tell you. True story. I'll give you two true stories and I'll end here. <clears throat> A guy came from Germany. The brother goes to our church in Germany. He came through Italy. He was on transit. That's why I said the African witchcraft and the Ghanaian witchcraft is different from the Oyibo witchcraft. The Oyibo witchcraft, they use it for science. It's a scientific witchcraft to develop. The African one, they destroy. He came to Ghana, went to the village to visit his family and everybody. On his way back, he was in transit in Italy. When they looked at his passport, it was a woman's picture in his passport. So they said to him, is it your passport? He said, yes, I've been traveling with, look at the stamps and everything. I just came by here a few weeks ago. And the guy said, no, it's a woman's picture. So they showed him the picture and said, who is this picture? He said, it's my grandmother, but that is not her passport. My grandmother has never had a passport before. She's never sat in a plane before. It is impossible. It can't be. So they called the German authorities, immigration. And the German immigration said, yes, we know him. His wife and children are here. He works here this day. His record is clean, everything. The Italian authorities won't let him go. They sent him back to Ghana, and he died in one month. True story in Ghana here. Another true story. Another guy came here. From Europe brought things bless the mother and after he blessed the mother he gave some to his auntie and the auntie said are you insulting me look at the things you gave to my sister and you bring this to me you will see took the young man picture somewhere only God knows the young man was in the car coming to Accra had an accident and died one year after his only brother left also died so the mother had no children like the auntie yeah. and this thing is seen in our politics if one party comes to office and he's doing a new motorway and the other party didn't create any road they will make sure they sabotage you. You, we didn't build anything. And you are coming to build a motorway, not on our watch, to take our glory and to look better than us and to continue to stay in power. No way. We will sabotage you because we didn't build a road. You will not build a motorway. You know why in the villages, young men can't build? I'll tell you. I knew a young man years ago. 
He used to be the youngest principal secretary in those days. He used to work under my auntie, Mary Grant. Dan. He used to be a member of the full gospel. who visit this church every now and then. He went to the village to build a house for the mother. He was born in this mad house. Yeah. So an old man in the village told him, young man, come here. These mad houses, eh? They don't break it down. Leave it. Get another land. There are a lot of lands in this village. Build something for your mother, but this one, leave it. He didn't listen to the old man. He said, but it doesn't look good if my friends come here when my mother dies to see the house I was born in. At least God has blessed me. I have to do something. So he went ahead. He broke down the mad house. He built a beautiful house for the mother. After he finished building, he and some members of the full gospel, true story, they were on their way to Takuradi. In the afternoon, he was driving. And he said he saw a crocodile crossing his car. So he tried to dodge the crocodile and the car went in some directions. Nobody died but him. His younger brother was in this church and he came to tell me about it. When we investigated, we realized that the men of that family, they all died at a particular age. I think about 20, uh, 46 or 47, between 46 and 47. That is the African witchcraft. You are coming to take my glory. Where are you coming from? Who do you think you are? To come and do something I haven't done. To take my glory. You are not going anywhere. My son, Prophet Victor. He told a true story of his family. How nobody in that family have ever been to university. And all the men struggle. And realized that many years ago, an uncle in that family did something and buried something in the middle of the house in the village that let no man in that family rise above him. When they went and dug the place by the revelation of the Holy Spirit, they saw what was buried. After they dug that thing, the men started going to university and building and became successful. Let me finish with these scriptures. Psalm 37, 1 and 2. Psalm 37, 1 and 2. Let me finish with this. Fret not thyself because of evildoers. Mm -hmm. Don't Neither worry yourself. Don't trouble yourself. Go ahead. Neither be thou envious against the workers of iniquity. Don't be envious of them and their wealth and money and power and influence. For they shall soon be cut down like the grass. They shall soon be cut down like the grass. And wither as a green hair. You know, I was telling Bishop Oboda yesterday, I said, you know, the reason why me, eh, I'm not very impressed with people's wealth is because unless I understand how you got that money, eh, you don't impress me. Because one of the reasons why also people make wealth and money and it doesn't last and the legacy doesn't continue is because of this. Most times, if that wealth and money were, was wealth and money meant for the poor and others, and then you took it by some manipulation and you built, invested, but 
the wealth and money you have belongs to the poor and for the benefit of others and you are living comfortably at the expense of the suffering of the masses it will invoke and bring a curse upon you and your children so the legacy cannot continue and that is one thing we have to be careful of on the monies we have the cars we are driving in the wealth how did you acquire that money when they give you money to build a road do you spend all the money to do a good road or you hold some back and just do any shabby work and after some few months we are back to square one and people have accident blood are shed and people die because you refuse to do the right thing and you use the money that will avoid the accident to live a comfortable life that brings a curse go ahead verse 2 for they shall soon be cut down like the grass uh -huh. and wither as the green hair it's just a matter of time listen gentlemen ladies vindication is in the womb of time I have learned to hope in God Psalm 37 verse 25 and 26 I have been young mm -hmm. and now I'm old yet have I not seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging bread he is ever merciful he and lendeth and his seed is blessed please believe these scriptures they will give you hope 37 35 and 36 I have seen the wicked in great power in great power and spreading himself like a green bay tree yes sir yet he passed on uh -huh. and lo he was not uh -huh. yea I sought him but he could not be found yes you see these scriptures gives me hope it's not like I don't see you I see a lot and I hear but I've seen also a lot there was a man in this country years ago he was in this government he was not dead and he said as for him and his family poverty and him they are a thousand miles away I saw him recently and the suit he was wearing was old he was old and his suit was old and his shoe was old and I said behold here come the man whose poverty family and family, poverty is a thousand years apart when you don't know the word of God then you can be fooled in this world but when you know scripture you hold your peace sometimes there's no need to fight over certain things you give it time and with time people passed away quickly 37 verse 37 mark the perfect man uh -huh. and behold the upright uh -huh. for the end of that man is peace that's it is the end that matters how we end not where you are not what you have yeah through success and through legacy has nothing to do with members numbers houses 
building, properties, or investment. It has all to do with the people you touch who in turn go and touch others. That is where goodwill comes from. Touching others who in turn go and touch others. Psalm 73, quickly, my time is Psalm. Psalm 73, verse 2 and 3. But as for me, my feet were almost gone. My steps had well, well nigh slipped. For I was envious of the foolish when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. 73, verse 12 and 13. Behold, these are the ungodly who prosper in the world. They increase in riches. Verily, I had cleansed my heart in vain and washed my heart in, in 16 and 17. When I thought to know this, I was too, it was too painful for me until I went into the sanctuary of God. Then understood I their end. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to stop here. On Wednesday, I'll continue the message of hope on another level. But I hope that for you, eh, your confidence in this world eh, is not in material things, but it's in God. You see, one of the reasons why people don't even come to prayer meetings, weekday services, is because they're comfortable. They are very comfortable. And their comfort is not in hope, nor faith, nor the love of God, nor scripture. It's, it is in what they have and who they are. Hey, <laughs> me, I'm in every prayer meeting. Friday, I couldn't come to the all night because I had services. My second service was in Tema. By the time I finished, I got here and I went to the singles women. women. I got to, to shower about 12 midnight. And I said, let me take some few hours rest and get up. By the time I woke up, the prayer meeting was over. So I just said, let me give my body permission. Because I have led the fasting throughout the whole week. And, and when I do things, I do it with everything in me. So if I can come to prayer meeting, who do you think you are? And what stops you from coming to prayer meeting? If it is not some material thing you are leaning on. But if you are really leaning on God and we call for prayer and the state of this country, the economy in Africa, and we call for prayer, you'll be here to add your voice to our voice. We know you are blessed by that word of God. And look forward to you joining the messages of the Archbishop Nicholas Duncan Williams again. For more information on our events, books and messages, please visit NDW Ministries online at www.ndwministries.org or call our offices on plus one eight seven seven three six one five one. One, one. Once again, thank you for joining the Archbishop today and may you continue to experience the life-transforming power of God's blessings.